Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today we've got to cover this hot topic in the news. There's a measles outbreak in Washington State. Oh, run for the hills. Unless you're going to watch the Brady Bunch measles episode, then you're going to find out it's not that big of a deal. But let's find out the facts behind this absolute insane panic. <clears throat> what are the actual numbers? Well, as of this morning... Uh, the number of confirmed cases of measles has jumped to 35 cases, with nine more suspected. Uh, so that's, if you're good at math, that's 44 kids. 44 kids in the state. So they don't have measles. Now, do they have autism? Do they have an illness that they'll never recover from? Or are they going to have a mild illness, which they recover from between 7 and 14 days? So where is this panic coming? What we really have to ask is how healthy are the children? Well, let's look back at history. Okay, so instead of using this absolute psychotic panic, and you can blame the anti-vaxxers, you can blame uh, anything, blame anything other than the government. You have to trust the government. The government is always right. The fact that they own a bunch of vaccine patents and the vaccine policy is governed by people who work for the vaccine industry, and this is a forced vaccination policy. Do vaccines have anything to do with measles? Well, they bring it up all the time. So with 44 kids um, possibly having measles in a state that has over 7.5 million people, let's find out the facts, or we can just panic and say the sky is falling. Let's look back at the American Journal of Epidemiology in 1984. They actually did a computer model that predicted this. That's right, 1984, 30-some years ago. Okay, you actually have a group, listen to this, the title of the article, The Future of Measles in a Highly Immunized Population, a Modeling Approach. Quote, little is known about how intensive measles elimination program changes the overall immune status of the population. A computer model was created to study the effects of measles elimination in the United States on the number of susceptibles in the population. That's right, susceptibles. Okay, now this is important because we're looking at a population um, that most of the population went through and got measles. And they recovered from them, so they are immune. Now, listen to this quote. The simulation reveals that the pre-vaccine era was approximately 10.6% of the population, which was susceptible to measles, most of whom were children less than 10 years of age. Uh, end of quote. Now, I want you to get this because that most of the kids that were susceptible were under 10 years of age. And this was before, this was pre-vaccine era. So now these children get it. Now you have the risk of dying from measles uh, about 64 times more greater than dying of a congenital anomaly. Uh, so you're talking that this is not, um, uh, if you have a normal healthy immune system, this strengthen your immune system. It's strengthen it. So it's really not the measles that we have to be afraid of. We have to be afraid of the uh, weakening immune system. 
So let's go back to this article. Because remember, you're talking, you know, 35 years ago, these people were coming up with, oh my gosh, if we start vaccinating everyone, we have a problem. Now, this was 1984. I want you to pay close attention to that because at this stage, the pharmaceutical industry still had liability over their product. So they had to make sure that the product was safe before it was put on the public. Uh, Now, quote, with institution of measles immunization program, the proportion of susceptibles in the population fell to 3% from 1978 through 1981, then began to rise approximately one-tenth of a percent per year to reach about 10.9% by the year 2050. That's right. Okay, I got I got to finish this article because this is going to blow your mind. Quote, the susceptibles at this time were evenly distributed throughout all age groups. The model did not consider the potential effect of waning immunity. The results of the studies suggest that measles elimination in the United States have been achieved by an effective immunization program aimed at young susceptibles, compiling combined with a highly naturally immunized adult population. However, despite short-term success in eliminating the disease, long-term range projections project that the proportion of susceptibles by the year 2050 may be greater than the pre-vaccine era. Present vaccine technology and public health policy must be altered to deal with this eventuality. End of quote. So, back in 1984... They were doing studies to find out if you mass immunize the entire population, uh, it turns out that the immune system actually starts to go away. So modification of the vaccine policy, uh, you can just think of this. Do you think that the um, government is going to wake up and say, oh my gosh, it turns out that this medical procedure that we're forcing on you is causing a weakening of the immune system and it's going to increase disease rates? Or, part B, we'll blame the unvaccinated, we'll put the public into an unrealistic panic, Uh, we're going to um, have people, because we're creating this problem out of the air, And we're going to also not tell the people about what the real problem is so that we can, because a panicked, sick, scared population is easier to control. Now, it sounds crazy, but let's let's just look at this. So how healthy is the population that we have now? Well, 54% of our children have a chronic illness or disease. Now, is this mentioned in the news? Now, 54% of our kid population, this is a population under 18, have a chronic illness or disease that they will never recover from. Now, this should be in the news, not the 35 official cases of measles, which they'll recover from and they'll be okay. So I went in, and there's no real sight on this to find out. So I look up the population of Washington State. It's 7,535,091. They say the percentage of the population under 18 is 22.2%. That leaves us with 1,672,901 kids under 18 in Washington State. If you use the statistics of 54%, that means 
nearly a million, 903,336, have a chronic illness or disease that they will never recover from. That's right, they're in the medical system. Now, if you take the local, the, the latest statistic, okay, now this is a statistic for the United States of 1 in 59. Now, this is an old statistic. Um, in Washington, the last date we have is 2014. Um, but we're going to go over it. It increases um, exponentially each year. And, and I'll show you the statistics on that. But let's just use the 1 in 59 um, rate for autism. That means in Washington State alone, there are 28,354 artistic patients. Now, so this is not in the news as well. So what, what's the deal? Well, when you go to Autism Society of Washington, um, and I'm just going to read a little bit of this because the prevalence in the United States is 1 in 59 births. This is a 16% increase from two years ago. About 1% of the world's population has autism. And uh, currently, uh, the United States, according to the CDC, it's 1 in 59. Uh, in, uh, this was in 2014. 2018, it's 1 in 38. That means in America, there's more than 3.5 million Americans living with autism. Now, the prevalence in the United States is increasing exponentially. Uh, from the year 2000 to the year 2010, this is a 10-year span, autism increased 119%. It's the fastest-growing developmental disability. Autism prevalence has increased between 6 and 15% each year from 2002 to 2010. Uh, the, uh, if, if you look at this, you have to be scratching your head at understanding that the real um, bait and switch here is not that there's, you know, 35 to 40 cases of measles in Washington. We know that. Statistically, there are measles epidemics in the highest vaccinated population. And they're doing this to say, hey, look, it has nothing to do with the epidemic of chronic illness or the epidemic of autism and this consistently increasing toxicity of our children. Nobody is saying that. Okay, you just have to look at the statistics. Uh, according to the CDC whistleblower, and this was covered up back in 2004, so you're talking 14 years ago this study was published, and they hid the data. They showed that there was a 340% increase in autism with the measles, mumps, and rubella shot. Now, this is significant. So now, who is, who's watching this group? Who's watching the number of vaccines that we get? Because when you look at this, um, back in 1980, again, remember, we're looking at this, uh, there were... Uh, about the children got eight shots before two and never more than two shots per visit. And you're talking, it was only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They had 11 shots in 1980. So now, 2012, it was 49 doses of 14 vaccines by the age of six. 
in 2018, it's 72 doses of 17 different vaccines by six. So where is the increase? What, who's, who's watching this? What, what's the deal? Okay, why are the vaccines tripled? Well, don't worry. Health and Human Services is watching this. That's right. Figure in 1986, they passed a law to absolve the vaccine companies from any liability. That's right. So, but here, in the law itself, and this is the title of the actual law, Mandate for Safer Childhood Vaccines, General Rule. And here's the report. Within two years after December 22, 1987, and periodically thereafter, the Secretary shall prepare and transmit to the Committee on Energy and Commerce of the House of Representatives and the Committee of Labor and Human Resources a Senate report describing actions taken pursuant to the subsection um, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so they're establishing a task force for safer vaccines. And this is by the director of the National Institute of Health, and Health and Human Services was supposed to do it. However, Health and Human Services has not even once submitted a bi the biannual report to Congress um, for vaccine safety. Uh, so what's the deal? Um, why is this? Well, uh, the, in the group called uh, Informed Consent, um, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so crazy to think that, that um, Del Bigtree and Robert Kennedy actually uh, sued the Health and Human Services for their lack of compliance with the law. And Informed Consent Action Network, Informed Consent Action Network, um, filed a lawsuit against the Department of Health and Human Services. And they sent them off a letter and said, hey, look, guys, you know, you haven't been holding up your end of the bargain. Uh, these kids are getting sicker. Vaccines are not even looked at. And you're the ones responsible for looking at this. Well, Health and Human Services sent them a nine-page letter and basically said, read the package insert. That, that vaccines are safe and effective and that nobody needs to watch them because they're safe and effective. <clears throat> that was not good enough for the Informed Consent Action Network, who I encourage you to go on, and they replied to Health and Human Services with an 88-page document with hundreds of references and we're talking CDC scientific references showing that these vaccines, not only are they da dangerous, but they're also um, increasing damage in our kids. Like here's a, uh, an excerpt from the letter that they sent to Health and Human Services. You know, the good guys, the Informed um, Consent Action Network. Um, uh, here it is. Uh, quote, has Health and Human Services is aware the 1986 Act gave pharmaceutical companies immunity from liability for injuries caused by most of their vaccines and instead made vaccine safety the responsibility of Health and Human Services. Has the Secretary of Health and Human Services you have ultimate authority and responsibility to assure the implementation of the vaccine safety obligations in the 1986 Act. 
the importance of assuring the safety of the 71 vaccine doses injected into children pre- and postnatally pursuant to the Health and Human Services vaccine schedule cannot be overstated. Okay, I got to stop here before I read this because I want you to clearly understand the entire liability from the vaccine industry was removed in 1986. Now, this was a time when there were only 23 vaccines. That's right, 23 vaccines. So you might think, well, why? Why was there 23 doses of seven vaccines in 1986? 33 in 97, 69 in 2016, 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. Now, the, the, the damage or the, the question is, why um, has nobody been looking into this? Now, the health of our children is declining rapidly. One in six has a learning disability, one in nine has asthma, one in ten has autism, 54% have a chronic illness or disease, and this is, I mean, exponential problems. Who's responsible for making sure that these doses are safe in our kids? Health and Human Services. They were supposed to do a biannual report to the government. Uh, did they do that? No. Robert Kennedy and Del Bigtree, they, uh, or the um, Informed Consent Action Network, filed a lawsuit to get them, to the Health and Human Services, to pick up their responsibility. Uh, they basically says, look, we don't have to do it. Read the package inserts. Vaccines are safe and effective. Uh, however, they're, the ones that are supposed to be looking at the safety are not looking at the safety. Uh, quote from the letter um, of of <laughs> Del Tree and the Informed uh, Consent Action Network. Given the gravity of Health and Human Services responsibility, it's deeply troubling that the majority of Health and Human Services letters contain little more than a broad, unsupported, unsupported conclusionary uh, assertions. Most of these conclusionary assertions do not withstand basic scrutiny. Health and Human Services responses even on, often contradict its own source material. Uh, it goes on to explaining that Health and Human Services letter began with incorrect claims that the safety of many pediatric vaccines was investigated in clinical trials, including placebo, and that falsely implies that these, travels, these trials last longer than mere days or weeks. How long do you think that a vaccine should be studied in a child? How long do you think 20 vaccines should be studied in a group of children? Or how long and what size of a group should 71 doses of 17 different vaccines injected into a population, should that be studied or should we just trust the government who has completely dropped the ball? Uh, you, if, if this isn't scratching, you're hurting your brain. Again, let's look at the Journal of the American Physicians and Surgeons. And this was by Dr. Brian Hooker, who re-analyzed the CDC's MMR autism data from the original 2004 paper. Uh, quote, the rate of autism has alarmingly increased in the U.S., 
uh, and it's about 25% higher in black children, boys are far more likely than girls to receive this diagnosis. Uh, end of quote. So you're going to see that in this article, and we're going to have all the data tonight on Facebook and on YouTube, that the data is mind-blowing. We're going to make all the handouts, all the paperwork available to you. I encourage you to go to the Informed Consent Action Network in order to get uh, these documents so that you can download it, read it, and see the absolute disregard okay, for the health of our population, the, the total um, dropping of the ball, the total incompetence of, of the um, government being the watchdog and protector of our population. They're supposed to be looking at this pharmaceutical industry. That's for, instead, they're forcing this vaccination, this medical procedure, on our population. Absolutely um, criminal. Uh, I encourage you to read How to End the Autism Epidemic uh, by J.B. Handley. And uh, look at the peer-reviewed vaccines. I mean, this, this right here, the vaccine peer review, that's the title of the article. Now, this is the history of the global vaccine program, includes 1,000 peer-reviewed reports. 150 research papers support the vaccine autism causation. Now, also, not just autism, we're looking at gastrointestinal damage, immune system impairment, chronic infections, mitochondria disorder, uh, neurologic regression, synaptic dysfunction, seizures, uh, uh, glutathione depletion, uh, uh, brain inflammation, 157 research papers. Has Health and Human Services looked into these research papers? No, they don't, because it would, it would slow down their vaccine program. So who is watching these people? No one. It's time for the public to take up our, our pitchforks. We have to change the way the situation is. Uh, if you think the government is fine, they're, they're out to protect you, great. Then don't read this data. When the, they come for the adults, because remember, the population is waning the population um, of the susceptibles, uh, the adults are not getting their follow-up MMR. Now, and just think about this. The measles, mumps, and rubella shot leaves antibodies between six and eight years or five to eight years inside of your body where it's measurable. Now, the antibodies are not an accurate measurement of the um, immune system response that you're going to have when you have a vaccine, but it's the only thing that you can measure. So it's said that the vaccines might possibly be effective from five to eight years. So now we've got a choice. Either we keep going on this psychotic idea of the 
this product with no liability that has a tremendous amount of neurotoxins in there that can negatively affect the immune system with thousands of journal articles stating that the vaccines are weakening our immune system. Or you can open your eyes and look around and see the nine-year-olds inside of strollers with headgear okay, at Target. You can see that the sickness of the population, this is like a frog in the water with your slowly turning the heat up and the frog eventually it's going to be cooked to death but it just thinks it's getting warm that's what's happening to our population is the government going to come in and say look since our kids are getting measles we have to start vaccinating all the adults uh, and then increase the autoimmune conditions in them uh, we have to take back our our life um, <laughs> what just just for the heck of it, think of this. Let's hold vaccines to the same standards as other medical procedures. Let's do some long-term randomized controlled trials using comparing uh, the inert placebos. This doesn't mean an active placebo. An inert placebo injected into a child compared to a vaccine. What they're doing now is they're comparing vaccinated with, with vaccinated or they're having um, adjuvants. They even say that there's, uh, it's, it's unethical to do a placebo-controlled trial. Why is it unethical? Because they have this belief. Now, remember, belief, not based in science, because there's um, an, <laughs> almost no placebo-controlled trials. There's only one that uh, was mentioned in that paper. And so where are the placebo-controlled trials? Uh, that has to be done. We have to hold the vaccines to the same standard as other medical procedures. What about um, forcing uh, long-term trials compared vaccinated, unvaccinated? Is it better to catch measles when you're a child? Does that protect you from certain other diseases uh, as you grow? Uh, is there a way to prevent the damaging effects of measles? Uh, such as vitamin A, like they were using in 1940. Uh, is measles a devastating disease? In fact, let's look at all the childhood diseases. Uh, are they a benefit or are they of harm? Is vaccinating for one of those diseases, could that have a benefit? But vaccinating for three of those diseases could have a negative effect? No one knows because those studies have never been done. And then who is watching this non-liability product, who is saying, look, we don't need to increase the vaccines. We have plenty of vaccines right now. Let's find out what's causing harm to the population. See, all of these are incredibly dangerous questions that we're asking. Dangerous. Why? Because there's a huge amount of money behind this. But the questions have to be asked, and they have to be answered before a population is going to um, submit to this forced medical procedure. People, we have to wake up. We have to get this data to those that are spouting off the mantra, vaccines are safe and effective, vaccines are safe and effective, vaccines are safe and effective. Really, where is the data? The data that I'm aware of is that the vaccine, the number of vaccines have tripled. American children have three times the amount of vaccine of any other population on the planet, and we are the sickest group of people in the world. Uh, 
We have 5% of the world's population, and we use um, 54 to 55% of all the medications. Uh, what, why is our population sick? Why does one, more than one in two, 54% of our population, children population, have a chronic illness or disease? We have to put product liability back on the manufacturer. That's right. If you produce a product that you're going to be giving our children before their immune systems are fully formed, you better be liable for that product. Why? Because if you're causing harm in the kids, then you're not going to be making this product. This is not just a for-profit industry. We have to protect our population. And also, personal choice. This is vital with any medical procedure. Do you think it'd be fair if I forced you to get vitamin C before you got in the car or before you got your license or before you got your job or before you went to school? Would you be offended by that? I tell you, I would be offended by it. And vitamin C is good for you. So, you know, I don't think it's right to force the public to do something to their own body. That doesn't make any sense. Now, could we argue that vitamin C would strengthen your immune system and make you a better, healthier individual, that it would make you better for society? Absolutely it would. Absolutely it would. Do I think it's right to force you? No. That, that's a violation of your personal rights. It's a violation of your own body. It's to violate um, the sanctity of your own systems by forcing you into a medical procedure or into doing anything is absolutely insane. And what is stopping this from coming out? Well, number one, careers are tied to the promotion of the vaccine schedule. Entire industry is tied to it. The largest industry in the world. Now, this industry funds our government. They have more lobbyists. I think it's a, the last number I saw was four times the amount of lobbyists per congressman. They fund the government. It's the largest industry in the world. It has no liability. And this is a medical procedure forced on our population. I'm going to have all the stats and facts tonight. Please, it's time. We take back our health. We take back our lives. No more are we going to submit to forced medical procedures without informed consent. Look at what's happening. Wake up your friends. Wake up your neighbors. Get them to the informed um, uh, consent action network and look at the data. Look at the, look at the research behind this. Let's get our health back. It's up to you. The revolution has begun. If you can hear my voice, you're part of it. Let's make a difference in this world. God bless you. I love you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.